You're listening to the Department of Defense This Week, a weekly podcast with some of the top stories from around the DoD. The Department of Defense has awarded $60 million in grants to three schools on military bases, Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta told an audience at the Military Child Education Coalition in Grapevine, Texas. The department has invested another $180 million in grants to public schools supporting military communities. Educating military children is not only important to their future, and it is important to their future, but it's also critically important to the future of our military and indeed to the future of our nation. Congress appropriated some $500 million for the DOD to distribute in grants to help improve educational facilities on and off post used by military children. In a democracy, we are dependent on good education. Education is the key to self-government. It's the key to opportunity. It's the key to equality, it's the key to freedom, it is the key to a better life. And that's the American dream. That's what all of us want for our children, and it's hopefully what they will want for their children, because that is the fundamental American dream, giving our kids a better life. So far, DOD run schools on Fort Bliss, Texas, and Joint Base Lewis McCord, Washington, have received grants. There are currently one and a half million school age military children. About 80% of them use public schools, the rest are in school on military installations. For more about the grant program and education in the military, visit defense.gov and the Department of Defense Education Activity at dodea.gov. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff outlined some of the challenges the military will face in the future during a visit to Offutt Air Force Base, Nebraska. General Martin Dempsey explained that the new threats are emerging globally while domestic issues also require military attention at home. Transitioning to a smaller budget, for example, will require much forethought and tough decisions. And the question we will answer, with your help, is how much smaller will that budget become and still allow us to preserve our, our, our resources necessary to live up to that responsibility we have, which is to protect, prevent the United States of America from being coerced in any domain. We are a global power. The chairman also addressed how changes to technology are influencing changes in the military. I had a town hall or family meeting with your predecessors 10 years ago and I said, you know, I really think that 10 years from now, we're going to see cyber as both our greatest opportunity and our greatest threat. People would have thought I'd lost my mind. I mean, they would, look, they would have, right? He also noted that through the changes, the department has to keep faith with the people who serve. If we keep faith with family members, if we keep faith with veterans, wounded warriors, gold star families, if we, if we can keep that bond of trust that has kept us together through some really tough times. I mean, the last 10 years, what has kept us together is a bond of trust, probably unique in any profession at any time. For more from the chairman's town hall meeting, visit defense.gov 
and jcs.mil. In Chicago, First Lady Michelle Obama joined Illinois Governor Pat Quinn as he signed the Military Family Licensing Act into law. Illinois is the 23rd state to enact such a law. The law allows for the transfer of military spouses' professional licenses from other states. Licensure has been a major roadblock for military spouses looking for work as they move. Before, spouses were required to obtain a new license in each state, costing families months of effort and fees. This often put a heavy financial burden on military families who had to PCS across state lines, sometimes more than 10 times in a 20-year career. The First Lady said military spouses deserve this kind of help from states. She said businesses and governments ultimately benefit from being able to hire military spouses. Enacting these laws is a major cornerstone of the First Lady's Joining Forces Initiative, a program designed to help military families. For more about Joining Forces, visit joiningforces.gov. On Tuesday, the Department of Defense broke new ground by hosting its first-ever Pride Month commemoration honoring gay and lesbian service members as well as the DOD's gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender civilian employees. DOD General Counsel Jay Johnson spoke about the changes he's seen at the Department of Defense in the year following the end of the law barring gay men and lesbians from serving openly. As recently as three years ago, it would have been hard for many of us, including me, to believe that in the year 2012, a gay man or woman in the armed forces could be honest about their sexual orientation, that 10 U.S.C. 654, the don't ask, don't tell law, would be gone from the books, and that the process of repeal would have gone even smoother and less eventful than General Ham and I predicted in our report. Although he noted a change in culture, he said the repeal of the law known as Don't Ask, Don't Tell has had little impact on the military's effectiveness. The transition has been so smooth, he said, that leaders who initially opposed the repeal now agree it was the right thing to do. In December 2010, as Congress was considering repeal, the Commandant of the Marine Corps testified to his honestly held professional military view that repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell was not a good idea for the Marine Corps. Since repeal, within each service, there have been isolated incidents, but almost no issues or negative effects associated with repeal on unit cohesion, including within warfighting units. As General Amos testified before Congress last year, he and his staff were careful to look for issues during the training and told Congress, to be honest with you, we have not seen it. From the front lines in Afghanistan, one Marine Major General reported to the Commandant, Sir, quite honestly, they're focused on the enemy. The process of repeal, he said, was surprisingly smooth. It's a remarkable story, and it's remarkable because of the strength of the U.S. military and its leadership. We have the mightiest military in the world, not just because of our planes, guns, tanks, and ships, but because of our people their ability to adapt to change, and their respect for the rule of law, their commanders, and their civilian leaders. For more, visit defense.gov. Video of the event is available at youtube.com backslash DODVclips.
One soldier is dead and two others are wounded following a shooting incident at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, Thursday. During a 525th Battlefield Surveillance Brigade Unit safety briefing, a soldier shot another member of the unit and then turned the weapon on himself. The shooter was injured and is in custody. A third soldier who was in the area was also wounded in the shooting. Special agents from the Army Criminal Investigation Command are conducting an investigation. Notification of the next of kin is underway. Check defense.gov for updates on this situation and other defense news. You've been listening to news brought to you by the Department of Defense. For links to these stories and much more, visit dodlive.mil or defense.gov.